Hey, Superhero Movie Club podcast listeners. Welcome to the 24th episode of the Superhero Movie Club. Just me in the studio today, warming you up for this one. A couple news and notes before we get right into it. A quick little shout out to uh, Christian Golden for liking the Facebook page. It's always appreciated. And to Josh Austin for following us on Twitter. Expect us to get a lot more active on the Twitter page in the coming days. So make sure you follow us at Superhero MC and hop on that train early. This episode is, of course, Scott Pilgrim vs. The World and is our Season 5 opener. Season 5, of course, being all the movies of 2010. Oh, and before we get into it, I've been receiving some uh, concerns lately that all of our episodes are not available on iTunes. Just feel free to check us out on SuperheroMovieClub.Podbean.com. That's where we host all of our episodes, so all of them will be available there. And I know that's a really long URL and kind of obnoxious, but hey, the gig doesn't really pay, so (laughs) buying domain names is expensive. But don't worry about that. Here's our... Season 5, Episode 1 Opener, Scott Pilgrim versus The World. Cue the theme! Welcome to another episode of the Superhero Movie Club. I'm here with the music maestro, James Scholar Hutzma, the scientific scholar, Ben, and I'm your comic Anderson. culture host, Mike. Oh, I cut you You're off. Stepping on my toes. Oh, what's your name? Ben Anderson. Thank you. And I'm the comic book culture host, Michael Maurer, here with our gracious guest, Dylan Bohr. Dylan, 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 what's your claim to fame? Um, I'm here to talk about Scott Pilgrim and make you happy and stuff. Yeah! Yeah! All right. <laughs> uh, movie review podcaster a dime a dozen here at SHMC. We cover everything else about the movies you maybe didn't notice, including their budgets, music, source books, and even the science for your listening pleasure. This week, I hope you're ready for... Hey, it's me again, Scott. Give me a call when you get this. Scott Pilgrim. What's the deal? Seriously. Yep, you said that last night. You know what really sucks, though? What? Everything. Come on, guy. You can't say you didn't see this coming. What? What did you think these were? Kisses? Seven little kisses? Seven deadly X's. 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 Everything have to be complicated. If you want something bad, you have to fight for it. Step up your game, Scott. Break out the L word. Lesbian? The other L word. Lesbians? It's love, Scott. I wasn't trying to trick you. Hey, buddy, look. If she really is the girl of your dreams, then you have to let her know. You have to overcome any and all obstacles that lie in your path. You can do it. Be with her. It's your destiny. Plus, I need you to move out. Why? 
What? Yeah, I'm kind of banking on her calling you back so I don't have to evict you and feel all guilty and shit. You feeling that's for you, guy? Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Woo! Man, this movie rocked. Didn't know it was a comic book, did ya? Did ya? Did ya? Did ya? <laughs> I didn't until the end credits. Right? Yeah. Well, I kind of figured, well, certainly man. not a superhero. But. Yeah. All right. First opinions. Let's go around the table. Let's uh, start with our our guest here, Dylan. Um, I haven't watched it in a few years, but, I mean, I really enjoy it. Um, a lot of actors I like. Brie Larson. I know she's not the star. She plays Envy Adams, otherwise known as Nat. Very good. I just Edgar Wright. Um, the directing is uncanny. Do you have a crush on Brie Larson? I do have a crush on Brie Larson, amongst oh. other actresses, but Brie Larson is, she's very sweet. Actually, on the internet, this might intrigue, uh, intrigue you guys, she was, I saw her like photoshopped as like the female Thor. Um, oh, nice. Which, <laughs> which I thought would be interesting. Um, <laughs> I don't know. But uh, yeah, I really enjoyed this movie overall. Benjamin? This is on... A list of my favorite movies of all time. In fact, it's quite high on that list. Yeah, um, it might be my all-time favorite movie. I I think it's wow, visually stunning and infinitely quotable. There's so many funny lines. It's it's up there with Big Lebowski in terms of like being able to quote lines and have people laugh. Um, as long as they've seen the movie. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. Skyler. Uh, Scott Pilgrim is just such an endearingly enjoyable movie because of the simple fact that Edgar Wright gets visual comedy. He has that basically calculated out to a millisecond on how every joke works, come at you from nowhere and hit hard, and uh, I think it's what makes this movie really great. Yeah, it's so smart, clever, and yet at the same time just in your face. There's some great soundtrack. As long as you are able to accept the fantasy world of Scott Pilgrim, you're going to have a good time with this movie. If you can't accept the fantasy world, I mean, it probably isn't for you. I also imagine if you're like over, say, I don't know, 40, you're probably not going to get yeah. this if, movie. Yeah, if you've never played video games in the 90s. It, yeah, it's a very fast-paced film. Yeah, you're going to be lost. A lot of the the stuff will just like be like, Metroid, what's that? Yeah, or that, and it's like, why does he have an extra life? Why did they just show a P-bar? I'm so confused on, like, what the world is, because they kind of react to the visual cues, and then sometimes the characters don't react to the visual cues, and it seems sort of odd, like, what counts and what doesn't in Scott Pilgrim's world. Yeah, what's happening just in Scott Pilgrim's head, because he's kind of crazy and what's like actually happening in the world because it's just weird. Yeah. Nope. All right. So let's move on to the next topic. Money as okay. Around the table. We all love this film critically. It's, it's got like 80 something percent on Rotten yeah. Tomatoes. Okay. Everyone, money. <laughs> no one, no saw one it. saw this August, movie. <laughs> August release. I don't know. If it came out the same weekend as expendables. Okay. Oh, let's, wow. Getting into budget. Uh, Cost between eighty five and ninety million to make, so you know it's a cheaper film. It's a cheaper. It had film. a lot of visual effects, and yeah, I mean, for the fact that there were so many visual effects, I think they got their money's worth. And by the time it left theaters, it was leaving with a domestic gross of thirty one and a half million dollars. Oh, that's awful. A foreign gross even less at sixteen point one million, for an embarrassing total of forty seven point six million dollars. Barely even half of what it costs to make. 
I'm so sad. Oh no. That the studios can't like smile at this film. Right. It, I mean the audience got to smile at it and I'm so glad it exists. Maybe maybe it's too soon, but it's definitely classified as a big old sex bomb. Ah. <laughs> uh, it opened fifth place during its uh, <sighs> premiere weekend with uh, ten million dollars, and it was out of the top ten in week two. So, I've heard it said that Edgar Wright made a major mistake by showing this movie to everyone who would went who would pay to go see it before. It came out in theaters because oh. he was bringing it to Comic Con, a lot of conventions, a lot of geek convergences, and then once it actually opens up, anyone who would have saw it. Did all of you guys see it in theaters? I did. I, I did not twice. The oh. first time I saw it was on a transatlantic flight. Oh, but you fell in love. And even on like the the like eight inch screens that are in black and white for about the third of the flight. <laughs> I was still blown away by this movie Yeah, because the visual effects are that good. The plot is that funny. I saw it in theaters with high expectations. Expectations met, but oh, man. Oh. But it's okay because it's the, they wrapped up the entire story in of Scott Pilgrim in one movie. They're never going to make a sequel because there's not an eighth book. Yeah. Uh, well, we're getting to that. Right now. Ooh, is with, there an eighth book? Uh, <laughs> with the uh, the comic book portion, the Scott Pilgrim comic book was developed in 2004 by the singular man, Brian Lee O'Malley. And this comic book is very unique in its conception because, I mean, it was just this one dude's project. It wasn't like a company said, you need to make these types of characters um, we need a certain type of book. This was just all out of Brian Lee O'Malley's head, all everything, and he had a lot of influences from from manga, like Japanese comic books. But at the same time, it's not strictly falls into the parameters of a Japanese comic book. There's a lot of American, like Canadian, so American Canadian tendencies still in this book because it's there's points where it's very serious in its conversations and there's points where it's really goofy in its visuals and he kind of creates this interesting hybrid it's a really intriguingly visual book i read through most of the the stuff not all of it couldn't get my hands on all of the cop all the collected there's seven editions oh there's seven yeah yeah there's seven volumes of this story that stretch out because there's seven evil exes of course but there are a couple of things. A lot of the film just took the seven issues and condensed it into one great story for like, a, how long was the film? Two hours? Just about? A little over two hours. Like an yeah. hour 53. Watch you see, yeah, you're like, I don't know. Yeah. Hour 53 uh, over two hours. Hour 52. It's, thank it's, you. It's <laughs> semantics. You know? yeah. Does, it doesn't matter how long, how long it was really because they got the plot of all seven books into a movie that didn't feel too long, didn't feel like they cut it short. Yeah, it's an didn't impressive feel, feed, did, it really. Didn't I feel didn't, too stuffed either. When I, I watched the film and then I read the books and I watched the film again and they cut out a lot of backstory, but it doesn't feel like it. Yeah. It still feels like a fully realized world in the movie. Because there's a lot of backstory between um, Scott Pilgrim and Kim's relationship in high school. There's a fair amount of backstory between Scott and Envy. And every single boyfriend had way more. Had, well, not a horrible amount of more backstory, but a fair amount more. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially Lucas Lee, the yeah. Chris Evans character, had a bit more to tell. But I mean, they cut it out, and it just it, when I when I'm reading it, I'm like, yeah, this is sort of like unnecessary. If you wanted to make a shorter story, 
with the same uh, aspects. So there's a couple things. Mainly how Michael Cera portrayed the character in the movie was like a shy nerd who's really bad at conversing with women and stuff like that. I'll leave you alone forever now. Yeah. <laughs> Some good lines there. And those lines are kind of, a lot of those lines are ripped exactly from the script of the book. But the thing is, when I'm reading the book, I don't imagine Michael Cera saying those lines. And therefore, Scott Pilgrim, the character, ends up looking way less redeemable. He looks like so much more of a jerk because he's like, I think we should break up because it's just not going to work out. Bye. Whereas like a shy person who just doesn't know how to handle that and runs away. Scott Pilgrim kind of handles it like a jerk and and looks like Knives Chow in the eye and just says, oh, no, I'm dating another girl. Bye. <laughs> and it's like, whoa, okay, Scott. <laughs> but if you imagine... But if you, if you, when you read the book, if you read it in Michael Sarah's voice, it's... Oh, no. It makes up for it. It's, yeah. It all comes back. You, you, you still relate to the Scott Pilgrim character a lot. There's a big plot element about how the last boyfriend, Gideon, had a secret weapon called, like, your glowing emotions. Something like that. <laughs> yeah, 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 where, like, your head would glow, and then you would get trapped inside your own head because of this glow, and you would have to fight your own demons. It was, uh, spoilers, the microchip on the back of Ramona's head yeah, in the end when she's it. like, he has a way of getting in my head. There was a whole subplot explaining what that actually was and how it worked mm-hmm. that they just glossed over and it worked it's fine. and it, and it, it works cause... Yeah. and that's where nega scott comes from too the the evil representation of scott all of his responsibilities and stuff like that and then nega scott is completely glossed over in the movie <laughs> it's yeah. it's a really funny joke though <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and uh, let's see else oh steven stills the talent was homosexual in the book closeted throughout uh, until like the last panel which is a if, which if you watch the movie now it's kind of funnier to watch with that i don't think they 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 did anything about that in the movie no, it was just wallace yeah yeah, yeah. just wallace Culkin. And, oh, and and all of and all of all what, of his uh, little sister's boyfriends yeah would eventually become gay because that's what wallace does wow, <laughs> what a hilarious concept <laughs> Again, Wallace! Stop (laughs) turning my boyfriends gay! Uh, The book deals a lot more with the subspace, too, that they they just made one joke about. Like, I use your your head as a subspace highway. Yeah, there's a subspace highway going through your brain that stays like three miles. Yeah, that Ramona says how she delivers packages through Scott's head, and that's why he's obsessed with her. In the movie, they're just like, oh, no, he's just obsessed with her. In the book, they're like, that's actually, like, the subspace thing is a real actual plot point mm-hmm. that they address. It ties in with the Gideon getting in people's heads thing. Cause mm-hmm. in, this, in the comic book world, that's something you can you can literally go into si- inside someone's head. Yeah, and yeah. there's a lot of weird conflicts that O'Malley just dreams up in his wonderful world of like is it like is it subtext for something or is it just O'Malley creating things? And I really just think it's Brian Lee O'Malley just having fun with his project. And now we all get to enjoy it. It's just a fun book. There, there's not a whole lot to read into with this character. And then there's not a tremendous amount to read into into this movie other than, you know, be good in your relationships because you're probably just as bad as the last ex-boyfriend they had if if you're a jerk. Yeah. And there is There is uh, an, alt- an original uh, unpublished alternate ending to Scott Pilgrim where in book seven they reveal... 
that he is just a serial killer who is obsessed with this girl and murders all her exes and leave leaves like piles of coins because he's like acting out this fantasy that he's in a video game. Oh my god! Awesome. That's amazing. That, that is a good twist on that. I actually. I'm glad they didn't end it that way. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad that people, was an alternate thing that we get to enjoy. Right. Off there. But that's all for the comic book section. Uh, Skyler, what do you got for music? Because this something different soundtrack rocked. <laughs> something different for music today. Yes, uh, music actually plays such a big part of Scott Pilgrim versus the World. And uh, the music here actually is coming in two parts. The first part we'll talk about is the actual soundtrack, which is you know used as a narrative device in the movie, and it's written by Beck. Awesome. Recent Grammy winner, Scientologist. Yes. Wait, he's a Scientologist? Yes. Let's listen to We Are Sex Bomb, the film's opening number. There's no sitting back easily listening to this soundtrack. We're all bobbing our heads in here when that yeah. started. <laughs> and in the in the book, in book one, um, when in the scene when they play the song, they have like the guitar tab printed yeah, like in the along. comic book. Do they? Oh. Yeah. Is you, it? Does it actually match up with? This? It's actually different. Yeah, it's much oh, different. Wah, wah. You, Although the like the the thing beneath it says like play hard fast and sloppy and that's definitely true <laughs> yeah i i can hear it's, that it's different chords <laughs> so for most of the songs on this uh this soundtrack especially ones that the fictional band in the movie plays the actors usually do the music themselves but beck is the writer let's take a listen to another one from later in the movie called garbage truck <laughs> That's kind of overviewing the soundtrack aspects of this, but if one musical, by all accounts, genius is not enough, you'll have to look at who did the score for Scott Pilgrim, which is Nigel Godrich, if you don't know the name offhand. A little further digging will reveal that he is the producer of Radiohead. Awesome. Oh. Yes, indeed. Let's take a listen to the track Fight. And this is more incidental music? Yes.
next track just shows me how much effort was put into the sound of this movie because I made it sound earlier that uh, Beck and the actors from the movie were mainly the musical talent in the soundtrack portion. Uh, that's not the case because this next tune we have, Black Sheep, is performed by Metric, who is a Canadian rock band, yes? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're from Toronto, actually, which is where this movie takes place. Oh, so <laughs> so accurate and fun. Let's so, take a listen. Hello again, friend of a friend. I knew you were. song fun stuff i'm jamming out hardcore (laughs) exactly bass on the same note for ben don't you play bass yeah can you play (laughs) dabbles it's it's so easy i can play it on guitar yeah yeah (laughs) it's it's pretty easy but unimaginably fun yeah 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 it's so oh man it's so fun and of course we'd be remiss without finishing up on another sex bombs song here is threshold that song during the uh, Katanage twins fight? It is. We didn't quite get to the part where they do their synthesizer thing, and giant sound dragons come out, and it's I can't really insane. reiterate that on a podcast. No. <laughs> we wish we could. We wish we would that love would be, to, like, your earphones. I can see sounds. Yeah, just like dragons coming out. Is there a lot of 8-bit, on, 8-bit stuff on the soundtrack? Cause There's a lot of 8-bit remixes, for sure. Yeah? Like, that one has an 8-bit. The entire movie starts out with an 8-bit remix of the Universal theme. Yes, yeah, yeah, Scott Pilgrim is really associated with 8-bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lot, lots of, like, retro video game sound effects. Yes. 8-bit music. Mm-hmm. It's pretty great. Are there two soundtracks? There's the original score, and then there's the original soundtrack. Oh, score so has a, most of the stuff by Goodrich, Godrich, whatever his name is. And then soundtrack has just a lot of the songs. Everything the that Beck wrote. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Including a Rolling Stones song here. Oh. Yeah. In what I think is like the most subtle and perfect use of a Rolling Stones song in any movie. How so? Uh, it's the scene when Michael Sarah tells Ramona Flowers that he's in Lesbians with her. <laughs> and then she's like, okay, but I'm going with Gideon. And he's standing by his car and Under My Thumb is playing. Oh. Yeah. That is pretty That's subtle. appropriate. <laughs> like, first time I watched it, I was like... This scene is too perfect. Why is that? And then, <laughs> and then the second time I watched it, I was like, 
Oh, it's because he said <laughs> I oh. said lesbians. Oh. Any more uh, music goodness? Uh, I am done. Check it out for yourself. Yeah. Just just tune into the soundtrack, man. It's so much jamming out fun. I have it on vinyl. Best 15 bucks I ever spent. Wonderful. Nice. Glad to hear it, Ben. And now it's your turn, Ben. Oh, no. <laughs> yes. Oh, oh no. no. How you doing over there, buddy? I <laughs> I struggled with this one. Yeah. We are poor Ben, all right? It's we are a superhero movie club, and we've made science like a main point in the superhero movies. But science But I'm not allowed just to be like, they did this wrong, they did this wrong, they did this wrong, this movie sucks. I'm not allowed to do that. I have to be positive. <laughs> well, because it's like- It's not positive, but I have to like, I can't just poop on everything. <laughs> <laughs> because we're trying to give you scientific concepts, and a lot of the times these films deal with fantasy. And so you got a little little to work with. This one oh. even more than most- Mm-hmm. Although we're throwing, even you though a- it's ostensibly a romantic comedy set in Toronto, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's even more yeah. even more fantasy based than Thor. <laughs> we may be throwing you a bone in our next true. two episodes, but this one isn't it. Yeah, yeah, we got Iron Man coming up. All right, that's a good show. <laughs> so ben, let's get into your science segment here. Yeah, what science. do you got? Uh, I got veganism. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really I'm. I'm really scraping the bottom of the barrel with this one. But yeah. So give me so does veganism give you psychic superpowers? No. Um if only. It does make you better than other people. <laughs> well, t- explain to me realistically, what are the health benefits of veganism? You're eating no meat. So you're not getting saturated fats. I can't do it. And I love chicken fries too yeah, much. I, man, I was a vegetarian for a while, and I was like, oh, wait, chicken nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> and then I had f- fried chicken every day for like a month. Nice. And I was like, I guess I can't really call myself a vegetarian anymore. No. But anyways, you're going to have a lower risk for like cardiovascular disease and diabetes because you're eating less meat and less dairy more fruits and vegetables and whole grains. Isn't it true that if you, you know, cut meat out of your diet, you'll get more energy retention because by eating meat, you're eating, you know, the energy that comes from whatever plants the animal is eating and then you're just recycling that. Yeah. But- so, well, I I don't know about like if eating meat is more or less efficient than eating fruits, vegetables, grains. I can't speak to that. But yeah, in terms like the economic cost of raising corn to feed pigs that we then eat like that. Yeah, that's economically and ecologically destructive, which is a major reason that most people become vegans. I don't think people do veganism for the health benefits because there aren't like if you're a vegetarian, you have like the same health benefits as being vegan, except the only thing that I could like really find that was really substantiated um, was that vegans will often have a vitamin B12 deficiency because vitamin B12 only occurs in animal products, milk, eggs, meat. Okay. So like uh, they have vitamin B12 deficiency? Deficiency. So then if they that try can cause and... That can cause certain types of anemia and nerve damage. So like oh. if they try and... But isn't there something like if you get sick if you try and... Uh, reintroduce yourself to dairy products after not having them for a long time? That is, that would probably be something involving lactase, which is the enzyme your body produces to break down the sugars in dairy products. And 
if you don't eat dairy products, then your body will not produce as much of it. And so then when you pick it up again, your body's like, oh, I don't have the enzyme to do that. So I'm I'm just going to fart forever now. <laughs> it, that's what happened when, like, I stopped drinking milk for, like, six months and then was like, oh, I'll have milk. And then I was like, oh. <laughs> no, rough. Although I, I was eating cheese pretty much continuously during that time, so I don't know. Oh, but thank you. That's a lot of good vegan. You managed to actually get out some good stuff there. Yeah. So veganism is healthy, but take a vitamin supplement so you get your B twelve. Nice. A lot of discipline. I could. I could never do veganism. Yeah. A well planned vegan diet is very healthy. I don't know if it's substantially more healthy than a well planned vegetarian diet. So there are political, social, and moral reasons to do veganism that I'm not going to get into. We here at SHMC are very responsible about the earth and our diets. <laughs> well, um, but no. I don't think any of them are. I had six pieces. I had like four or five pizzas, pieces of pizza for breakfast this morning and then a big ass plate of Chinese food before I came here. So oh, that nice. was, don't tell lies about me. No, <laughs> don't tell lies. Yeah. We represent an entity now. God. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anything else in science? Did you want to talk about subspace? Not Any... really. It's a wormhole. It's a wormhole. It's it's it's. <laughs> How uh... many times are we going to talk about wormholes? <laughs> just just the once. Go listen to um. Was it the Avengers that? Probably. Yeah. Yeah, that and a little bit of Thor. Yeah. Finishing up the science. All right, Dylan. How are you sitting? Sitting over there, all by yourself. Oh, I'm I'm just fine. Thank you very much. And uh... Dylan practices the art of studying screenwriting. I am guilty of that. And so he's got some fun facts for us today. Mr. Dylan Bohr, take it away with your fun facts section. What are you doing today? All right. So there's this author named Blake Snyder, and he wrote uh, this screenwriting book. It's called Save the Cat. I don't know if any of you have heard of it. But he, with movies, there he came up with this 12-beat system, and it's like a formulaic plot structure of how movies work, or if you're writing one, how you, how you should write it. And if you know about these beats... They're kind of like they're just kind of ingrained in your head, and then you you're watching any movie, regardless of genre, and you're just like, oh, oh, that's that, that's that, that that that's that, you know. And so I'm gonna I analyze Scott Pilgrim, and I don't know how much you want me to give away. If you you know, just stop me if you feel like. I Most people have have. I've already spoiled. Yeah, eighty percent yeah. of the <laughs> like major We're a podcast twists in this with movie. the expectation that you've seen the movie. Yeah. Okay, so. The first one is, I think there's 12, about 12 or so, but uh, first one's opening image, and that's Scott just, you know, playing his guitar, and then that kind of bleeds into the setup. Scott Pilgrim, yeah, just a normal dude in Canada in a a band dating a 17-year-old, which I don't, is that illegal in Canada? Someone should look that up. I was going to search that, but I don't want, you know, Canadian... Age of consent. <laughs> well, as long as as long as they're not, not having sex. Yeah. So that's beat two is setup. Yeah, setup. And then the theme. I don't know if this is real. I, theme. The theme was sort of having having the courage to fight for what you love, and then um, in turn discovering things about yourself. Okay, I feel as if they did the theme in literally that one scene where he gets attains the power of self self respect. Yeah, Scott has obtained exactly. the power that's of self respect. Exact thought. All stats plus seven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, okay, that's the theme of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Respect yourself, then get a relationship. Yeah. And before you do anything, before you leave the house. <laughs> uh, the catalyst, which is the driving force, and I think we can all agree that it's it's Ramona in this instance. Uh, when Scott sees Ramona, he or he dreams about her, and then he sees her. Anyway, and then there's uh, the debate, which I think shows up. 
I mean, there's a lot of debate, but I think when Matthew Patel, the first evil ex, shows up, I think that's, you know, that's the first debate. Is Scott going to fight this guy? And then ultimately... Is debate like conflict? Like yeah, like conflict, conflict? Like, a, like a character, is the character going to decide to continue with the journey? Exactly. Feeling, we're analyzing, we're getting deep. <sighs> Your eyes are getting wide, Ben. I'm like... Getting into the facets of No, I'm just film. worried about the Chinese food. <laughs> oh, man. And then the, a B storyline, which I guess can be introduced in a lot of different points in a movie. But I'd say, well, I mean, the love triangle between Scott, Knives, and Ramona. And then also uh, that Scott is kind of inadvertently a jerk to people sometimes. You know, he, he went out with uh, the drummer of the bomb, or Sex Bomb Bomb, Jennifer. and Kim? Kim. Or Kim. <laughs> You, I know. I'm never being invited back. There are a lot of female <laughs> characters in this movie, though. Why did I say Jennifer? Anyway, but yeah, then so Scott, he, there's better ways to handle things. Definitely better ways to handle things, and I think he realizes that. And then the midpoint, um, I think, is uh, Scott's exhaustion of fighting these evil exes. I think it was just after he fought Lucas Lee, and he, and then he's it's in the daytime. He's walking down the street, and then I, I forget the name of I forget the name of the um, female the female ex. ex. I, I can call her. Anne or Egg because that's her in Arrested Development. I don't know if you guys are. Fans. Is that the same character? Yeah. So it's it's George Michael oh, versus so funny. versus Anne, affectionately Ooh. known as Egg in uh, in Arrested Development. <laughs> Roxy Richter. Roxy, Roxy Richter. It. But yeah. So I mean, that's uh, the bad guys closing in. Uh, I, there's a lot. I think there's. I mean, there's definitely a few instances of that when Ramona's like, "Scott, I'm going with Gideon. He just has a hold over me." Um, is that like the fall of the yeah, film? So, yeah, the fall. Where it looks like it's all over for him. Yeah. Actually, which leads us into the next beat. Um, all is lost. Oh, um, yeah. same thing. Yeah, same <laughs> thing. Basically the same thing. Ram- yeah, Ramona gets back with Gideon Graves, and then Scott's all alone. Getting kicked out of his apartment. Getting kicked out of his apartment. Here's a here's a clever name for the next one. Dark Knight of the Soul. Oh. Yeah. Which beat number is this? Uh, it's the worst Batman movie ever. <laughs> <laughs> Dark Knight of the Soul. Dark Knight of the Soul. Uh, That's Joel Schumacher's third Batman movie. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm Batman. And Batman in Dark Knight of the Soul is going to be played by oh, Val Kilmer. Oh uh, no, he's already played Batman. Who would uh, a Joel Schumacher film? Ryan Gosling. Nick Cage. Oh Jesus. Yes. <laughs> uh, Nick Cage. Uh, Dark Knight of the Soul, directed by Joel Schumacher, starring Nick Cage. Oh, I'm buying my tickets now. Um, anyway, the Dark Knight of the Soul. I don't know. It, it sort of bl- it sort of matches with with all his loss. You know, Scott wallows some more, but then he finally puts his problems aside for the Battle of the Bands or whatever. Uh, How is that beat eleven then? I don't. I didn't count these like exactly. Oh, I thought there was a certain number. I there are a, a certain number. Nine, ten, eleven. Yeah, eleven. So that is number 11. So, great, so what's the last Great beat? guess. Okay, so we got break into act three. And Scott realizes the error of his ways. I think this is when he gets his one up, his second life, when he's able to properly recount the events. It's like, he goes, enough, enough, Gideon. I got beef. I want to fight. There are like two more, but they're, they're very quick. The finale, Scott incorporates the theme and defeats the final X. So defeats Gideon. And then the closing scene, Scott goes and gets Ramon, and then they walk behind like the door with the star on it, right? Isn't that how it ends? I um, think so, yep. Yeah, and a door into subspace. Into su- Oh, into subspace. Okay. Yeah. Didn't catch Ambiguous that. Ambiguous subspace. Yeah. It ends the exact same way the final panel of the comic book ends. Mm-hmm. And the first like 20 minutes of the film are shot for shot 
the first like the first twenty pages of the comic yeah. book. Yeah. Even like stylistically too. Like when they do the slow pan across Wallace's apartment, mm-hmm. labeling everything in there. That's oh yeah, exactly. Their apartment is laid out exactly like it is in the comic book, that. which is kind of awesome. kind of cool to see all those little details. Nice. Who was your guys' favorite ex? Oh, Brandon Ralph. Brandon Ralph. Brandon Ralph. Okay, Dylan Dog. Well, he wasn't Who? Dylan Dog in this. No, I know, but no. I keep doing. Which one was that like one? That. Todd, the number vegan. three, the vegan. Oh, <laughs> yeah, Todd was funny. <laughs> I might like Roxy just because it brought back so much arrested, de- arrested development stuff for me. George Michael versus his girlfriend. George Michael versus Egg. But uh, Egg. Yeah, that's what she's. That's her nickname on the on the show. Okay. I call her Belle. Because she's kind of shaped like, <laughs> she's the bell of the ball. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you have any, because of this movie, you guys have been dying to get off your chest. Because of this movie, I'm so excited for Edgar Wright to take on Ant-Man. Except he's not. Oh, wait. Oh. <laughs> because of this movie, Brandon Routh is still awesome. The guy's got so much nerd cred, pretty dope. Oh, isn't he on um, The Flash now or something? He's on Arrow. Arrow, okay. As the Atom. Who is basically Iron Man from what I have Oh, he's gathered. shrinking. He shrinks. Oh, does he? Yeah, because he's the Atom. Right. So he shrinks to the size of an Atom. Okay. And that's he's Ant-Man. Oh, well, no, I know in his comic book form, but I'm yeah. saying on Arrow. Oh, yeah, he's got a suit. Pretty soon, the whole CW lineup is just going to be Arrow spinoffs or Flash spinoffs, I feel like. Yeah, the CW universe. Yes. (laughs) Got any because of this movie? Not really. No, you didn't get drunk while watching this one? No. No special memories tied to this? I do, but I'm not going to talk about them on air. (laughs) (laughs) I'll talk. There's a story. I'll tell you about it after. Mm, (laughs) Can't do that to me. Share, Ben. Sorry, guys. You don't need to I watched this with a girl, and then we made out. Nice! Yeah. Oh, because Toy. in this movie, Ben made out with a girl. Yep. At one point in his life. No, I, I had, like, three points in my life. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I watched this with a lot of girls. Would you like to see my favorite movie it's ever? all part of the routine. <laughs> you gotta I, I have not watched this movie with my girlfriend, and, yeah. Well. I think I will this weekend, though. <laughs> I know I watched it, like, two days ago, but. Whatever. Oh, right. I think that'll wrap it up today, then. Uh, Superhero Movie Club is recorded and produced in the studios of KMSU in Mankato, Minnesota. If you want to tweet any questions to us, or if you want to... If you want to... (laughs) It's in front of you, Ben! (laughs) I know, but I keep fucking up. And then these other people, I think I have to wait for them. Okay. (laughs) If you want to tweet any... (laughs) (laughs) If you want to tweet any questions to us or continue discussion on this show's topic, follow us on Twitter at SuperheroMC. Woo! Hallelujah. All right. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes so that you can catch every episode as it comes out. And do what now? <laughs> what will I do during that time? Well, well you Scott can like Pilgrim. us on Facebook to keep up to date throughout each week. Oh, man. Next, and we was... have funny videos. Ooh, can I say what the next show is? Fuck off. It's in blue. It's mine. <laughs> next show is... Jonah Hex. Jonah Hex. There. <laughs> Fuck you all. I hate you all. <laughs> Should have just spoke over that line you kept flubbing. Guys, we're fart- we're bickering over the script. What has this podcast done to us? My my lines are in blue, man. <laughs> and the next show's topic is is clearly blue. Except for the actual movie. Well, 
I didn't say the actual movie, did I? No, you tripped over my line, so I had to say the movie. Because yeah. apparently black is blue now. Stop it. Blue and blue Stop is black. Stop it. Stop the fighting. That'll do it today. I'm your host, Michael Mauer. You guys, did you change that <laughs> to Mike L? <laughs> Mike L. <laughs> like I have Mike a Kryptonian L. name. Mike L. <laughs> Mike L. Uh, my name is Michael Mauer. James Skyler Hudsmith. And Ben. Special guest Dylan Bohr. The script says Ben, man. What the fuck do you want me to do? <laughs> ben. I was thinking you you Anderson. were mad at me earlier because I, I interrupt you with Anderson, but then you didn't say well, Anderson again. Read the read the script, see? <laughs> right there. Ben Anderson. Okay. You changed it. Uh, oh, no. All right. How's that OCD treating you? I hope you all have just, a super week. I'm just following the script. <laughs>